Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is Marcus Speller. My name is Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm angry Pete Donaldson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ramble. It's bloody good to have you here, whether you're angry or you're happy. Peter, why are you angry? <laughs> I don't know. I've just woken up. I've had a strong coffee. I'm wearing a Bahrainian football shirt, and I'm ready Ooh. to get the Ramble on the road. Why Bahrain? I mean, it's lovely to, to know they have a team. Um, when we were in Manchester, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Classic Football Shirts guys oh. opened up a little corner of the uh, of the shop just for me and you, if you remember rightly, Mark. I, I do remember, yeah. They prepared an entire reel of J-League and Newcastle United shirts, and I managed yeah, to find oh. a Bahrainian football shirt for uh, 20 quid. So, Pete, when you said, let's get the ramble on the road, I mean, very, very much off message there. What do you mean? No one can go on any road. It's, well, no, I started getting them on the road, but then also giving us memories of the time that we were on the road. That's true. That is true. And, and when, when they said, I mean, people will be absolutely stunned to hear that you and Marcus are now at a level of fame that me and Jim can only dream of, where you've got like a Michael <laughs> Jackson-esque opening of shops, especially for you. Yeah, but the difference is Michael Jackson um, probably would spend about what Michael Jackson could afford. But in my case, I spent over and above what I could afford. And you might say, <laughs> they saw me coming. That's you yeah. in every shop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they've specifically put out Newcastle and J-League stuff and you've gone home with a Bahrain shirt. Like a, a slap <laughs> in the face. I bought one of those. I think it's a Spanish shirt, like a Spanish lower league team who had some kind of uh, uh, internet uh, fame by putting a lot of prawns on the front of their shirt. I've seen that yes. a few times. I bought that one and a couple of other silly ones as well. Again, they saw me coming. They knew what they were doing. They, they, they saw me coming. I spent a yeah, lot of money in that shop. And this is why you're angry? Yes, and I'm not going to let anyone stop me being angry today. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Well, we, we, we do appreciate that, Peter. Um, there's been uh, a little bit of... Uh, football chat in terms of sort of transfer speculation and I thought my goodness let's eat that up because uh, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> otherwise we're 
Just going to talk about what Kyle did. Um, a, a number of pundits are <clears throat> speculating over Harry Kane's future. And these are due to comments Kane made recently about Spurs needing to show signs of progression and that he won't stay there just for the sake of it. But everybody seems to to be wanting to, to chat about this. Jamie Carragher was the latest one. Uh, Alan Shearer had already made comments on Match of the Day. Uh, Paul Merson, Harry Redknapp. It's kind of like any kind yeah. of... And I appreciate, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what we're doing. But, but any kind of <laughs> little ripple of football chat, was, oh, yeah, get involved quickly. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, it must be a very confusing thing for Harry Kane as well. The whole world suddenly piping up about what he should do with his future. It's like, hang on, this is. Do I not get a say in this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. It would be brilliant for me. This I tell you, if that if it, <laughs> what came out at the end of this, what came out at the end your, of this scenario is that Spurs lose Harry Kane. <laughs> is, is this yes, your Kevin Keegan thing. speech, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've stayed quiet about this for ages. Because it was nothing to do with me. <laughs> do you think is, is Harry is Harry saying that we need to progress? We keep we need to get better. We need to start winning trophies after football has been paused. Because someone yeah. needs to get around there and just speak to him through the letterbox. And just shout, Harry! It's not just you staying at home. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> Does, is he worried he's he's, he's got dropped? <laughs> he he's got dropped. Uh, the gaffer hasn't called me for weeks. <laughs> Alan Shearer said on on match of the day the, the, the other week where he said if Harry Kane doesn't if he doesn't win a trophy in the next twelve months then then he'll be off and I thought to myself well <laughs> I mean six of those months might not be <laughs> there was a Marcus there was a brilliant um, article in the Athletic about Harry Kane and sort of breaking down whether mm. he's likely to leave or not and this yeah, it was, it was quite it. insightful and, and there were two really good standout bits in the article one was a um, a dressing room source listed as a dressing room source oh, yeah. asking the question can you really imagine Harry Kane's ego withstanding not being in the Champions League right which I thought was interesting because people don't necessarily mm. think of Harry Kane like that I, yeah. I thought though just to get in I, I thought that, that sometimes the word ego can be sort of banded around when when if he wants to play in the Champions League because he thinks he's good enough to play in the Champions League, that that's fair enough. But you could also yeah. package that up as saying, oh, well, his ego, get a load of him. It's not necessarily ego. The ambition might be a better word to use there, I felt. But, but to me, it kind of just, it kind of, to me, it feels a bit like all behind closed doors. At least one dressing room source thinks he's a bit of a, uh, a bit arrogant, which I find interesting. But the mm. second one is, this really made me laugh. It, 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 the article said that, that Harry Kane's most likely suitors, Manchester United, get this, are so scarred from previous dealings with Spurs <laughs> <laughs> that they were reluctant to pursue a deal. And I just love the idea of Daniel Levy just rubbing his hands together. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> so you isolate yourself, not in the yeah. current climate. Um, he's done enough. Um, Jim, would you take Harry Kane leaving Spurs if Aubameyang leaves Arsenal? Would you? Would you twist? <laughs> um, well, I think leaving Arsenal is going to happen anyway, so um, I would certainly certainly take that help level that field a little bit. I'm, I am being like you know in, in danger of being a little bit too serious for a moment, though. Um, it does seem to be there's there's been a long time sort of link with with Harry Kane and Man United, but I find that I think that would be an odd move from his point of view at the moment because you know they are in a they're in a, still in a strange situation. Who knows if they would have finished in the top four this season? It was looking increasingly likely, and obviously we don't know how that's going to play out. But it does seem an odd destination. You would think you know with with Sergio Aguero getting a bit older, perhaps maybe they like Man City would want him, or, or you know even Real Madrid, uh, given given the, the you know the consistency of, of, of his goal scoring. Well, Jim, sorry to cut in there, but like if, apparently the, the the talk, what Man City, we don't know what's happening with them because of the Champions League ban. But mm, secondly, cool. um, the article also included that Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus, none of them can afford him. And Paris right. Saint-Germain won't take another world-class striker because they've got too many already. So it may well be irrelevant. It may well be that Harry hasn't got anywhere to go, bless him. Yeah. Um, mm. And so he will be stuck at Spurs for the foreseeable. Yeah. Come back to Arsenal, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on the bench with a really old Jamie Vardy, like you started your career. <laughs> well, he's only said that he's going to be—he uh, wants to get into um, NFL later in his career. So maybe he'll just go mm. straight to that. A bit earlier, yeah. transition. <laughs> yeah. After the Euros, Peter. After the Euros. All right. After the Euros, stress. fine. Um, but, well, Arsenal uh, themselves have said it's hard to rule out trying to bring in Jesse Lingard if Danny Sabahis' loan spell can't be made permanent. And I thought to myself, yeah. once again, um, you know, Arsenal often lacking in leadership, a uh, bit of drive and so on on the pitch. And uh, Jim, over to you. 
Yeah, I mean, Arsenal have regularly been described as a banter club uh, over the last uh, <laughs> few years. And what better player to enhance that burgeoning reputation uh, if indeed that's the avenue that you want to pursue? Personally, it's not an avenue I have any interest in whatsoever. Um <laughs> But if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. He's not a bad player. He's a very average player. If, if, you, sort of <laughs> it, if you look at the last season or so, Marcus, I would say, I know, I, I think there's certainly an argument to be made for you know him being a, a better player than people make out. But his his form has been in, in, in the lavatory, hasn't it, for a while? Is that, you know, he's, he's not. Is, it, is he not scored or assisted since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's second game in charge or some, something like that? Like some there's some quite famous stat hanging over hanging over him at the moment. So yeah, he probably needs a change. To be fair to him. But I don't think um, he he solves any of Arsenal's problems. I just I just love the fact that, that Arsenal being linked to Jesse Lingard. It's kind of like when know, are right? they going to sign someone they might actually need? <laughs> what was interesting to me is that um, I read an article about this um, about how good Lingard is, and then the article talked about <clears throat> oh you know well could you say that he's similar to to Thomas Muller, uh, who's a kind of this is what they call a round door to this space investigator type guy who just you mm. know pops up into kind of open spaces, and then the the article which actually made that point then ended the point by saying to be fair Thomas Muller has got double digits goals and assists in each of the last 10 seasons so, <laughs> so no then is that a no yeah to it's me it feels like a no, no. it's a hard yeah. no where you've shown you're working and concluded very clearly <laughs> that it is in fact a no <laughs> did, did, you, did you use the term space investigator there? Yeah, that's what. Um, so ger- in Germany, they have a. They have oh. a um, I talked about this with uh, Julia Simic on the Ramble Meets. They have a mm. um, a position called Raumdeuter, which is closely playing play, play between the lines, which essentially directly translates to space investigator or space interpreter. Love that. Mm. It's 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 one of those little player um, sections in Football Manager I look at and go, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to even try it. No, Pete, yeah. it should be. I don't know what that is. I'm definitely going to try it. Good yeah. point, yeah. That is yeah. how I've lived my life. So I got uh, addicted to stuff. <laughs> I, I quite enjoy calling those types of players creative midfield schemers. That's what I would yeah. go with. And, and, and I know, I know. You know, there's been this kind of backlash against people criticising Jesse Lingard's um, contributions for Manchester United in recent times, and, and the backlash has been centred around the fact that he's had quite a lot of issues in yeah. his personal life. And and I, I think it's, it's absolutely right to be sympathetic about that and, and and highlight it and say that could be a reason why his contribution has not been as good. But obviously, we don't know that because we don't know him. And mm-hmm. nonetheless, it is still reasonable to suggest that just because um, a club is linked with him, it doesn't mean that you know if you're a fan of that club like Jimmy, you want to sign him because you're sympathetic to his position. I mean, you, I think both those things can be true, right? You don't, you can't, you don't have to get excited about someone coming to your club just because he's had problems in his personal life, which means he can't contribute as much as he would have done anyway. It's a really weird situation that people have have used it because we're talking about his contribution on the field, and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he also he does get um, a, a lot of unnecessary criticism, I think, because of um, I mean, perhaps less so now. But he was very active on social media, wasn't he? With people are like, oh yeah. god, this guy's a disgrace to the club. It's like he's a he's a guy in his mid twenties. Like he's acting like a guy in his mid twenties. Why shouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely, Jim. Ask Graham soon. That's what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always ask Graham. That's my advice. Um, yeah. uh, let's have a Gareth Bale update, shall we? It seems to be quite here. He is again. To do. Yep, Gareth Bale. Apparently He's in the press can't... more now. There's no football than he was before. <laughs> As his handicap coming along, Marcus. I'd imagine he's 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 got. I was about to say, I imagine it's sky high, but of course you wouldn't want it sky high, would you? You'd want it way, way, way low. I think he's a scratch goal for Gareth. Actually, I think he plays off no handicap. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> means, he's, means he's very good. He's very good. Uh, apparently, Carlo Ancelotti would be interested. In signing him, uh, it seems incredibly unlikely, given the whole situation and all the details. <laughs> um, but more realistically, but still quite unrealistically, are reports that uh, that James Rodriguez could be linked to Everton. This is because Ancelotti has previously signed James Rodriguez twice and obviously quite likes the player and he's not happy at Real Madrid, the surplus to requirements. Mm. I would love to see Rodriguez pop up at Everton. That would be brilliant. Yeah. On loan, though, because he will be at Real Madrid forever somehow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also really like the idea that um, there was one little rumour, wasn't there? Someone, people were speculating what would happen to the world of football in, mm. in these coronavirus times. And one of the things that was put out there is that, you know, they might suspend 
financial fair play for a year or, or work out because obviously because the revenues are going to be massively uh, 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 decreased and it's fair to say the owner of Everton has taken that to heart <laughs> in which case I'm going to sign every player I can no one's yeah. going to look at us for the next six months right then <laughs> yeah I'll sign two Gareth Bales you can't do that I will there's no financial fair play no only one of them exists I want yeah. two mm. <laughs> although Spurs did have that youth player didn't they I forget his name I think he was Possibly Irish, and he looked very much like Gareth Bale. Oh, he looks just like him. Like they've grown yeah. another one. Oh, yeah. So maybe he can have his wish. Yeah, very true, Jim. Very true. Speaking of wishes, Odin Agallo has uh, confirmed he'd like to stay at Manchester United on a permanent deal. This is not too surprising. We know this because a fan on Twitter asked him if he'd like to stay, and he replied, of course. So that's that sorted. Yeah. I don't know how many articles <laughs> were written off the back of that tweet, but everyone got a slice of it. <laughs> That counts as Sky Sources, surely. It does. <laughs> That's a dressing room stalls. Get the yellow ticker up. <laughs> there was an amazing story about Igalo, you guys, um, and Troy Deeney. That Deeney gave an interview to um, to Metro, the, the London-based uh, newspaper. Who gave <laughs> us an interview, of course, like recently. He did. He did. Absolutely right. He did. Yeah. Uh, but he gave he gave a great quote to someone at the Metro about Igalo, where he said that um, during a game, I forget which game it was. Um, actually, I think it might have been against Man United. Um, Igalo yeah, was... Right. And, Hey, Agalo and Dini were in on goal and all Agalo had to do was square the ball and Dini would have had an open goal, but he didn't. He shot and, and they didn't score. Mm. And, and you know, those things happened and Dini was pissed off and he said that he could tell Agalo knew what he had done. And then the <laughs> article finished by Troy Dini being so angry, he couldn't get the team plane back to Watford. He had to drive <laughs> himself home in case, in quotes, he did something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Utterly <Yeah>. terrifying. <laughs> like what? Wrestle the controls from the pilot, do a loop de loop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that, Troy? What are you going to do? Eat all the soap in the bathroom? Or you just... <laughs> Shovel the toilet roll down his pants? <laughs> I did that. Uh, so <laughs> <the> only, <laughs> I mean, that's where it belongs. In in the grand scheme of things, he did say so. It was it was at Old Trafford. Uh, Odin Agallo has been a lifelong Manchester United fan. He really wanted to score at Old Trafford, so he had a reason to do it. And Troy Deeney should really understand, you know, being a club ambassador, let's say, and a passionate supporter of of one particular club. I I think he should understand the passion a little bit more. And I think you should understand Troy's desire to take his fucking head off. <laughs> you yeah. should understand that, that he plays for a team and should be professional and he should have squared it to, to Troy Deeney. I believe it was 1-0 the, or 0-0 at the time, wasn't it? And and Watford ended up losing the game 1-0. So <laughs> I think it's a reasonable thing to have a gripe with, personally. I mean, yeah. I mean that does sound like a very modern Manchester United uh, scoreline, so I won't check your workings. But can you imagine yeah. when, as soon as the pilot pulls off the uh, uh, seatbelt light, <laughs> the pilot Dean has just uh, turned off. <laughs> just yeah. absolutely go for it. It'll be like, like that wrestling uh, plane ride from hell back from uh, the UK, I think it was, where all of the wrestlers just started fighting. What? And obviously they're wow. massive. <laughs> Yeah, oh, there's a plane ride that. from hell where all of the all of the wrestlers were on drugs and drinking, and just these gigantic men on a charter flight uh, just decided just to have a scrap, pee in the aisles, uh, uh, oh, uh, sexually uh, um, uh, do. be aggressive to the to, to the staff. Um, oh, yeah, no. it was just a bit all, all a bit of a shame. All right, yeah. Well, I hope it wasn't that bad. I'm picturing more like that episode of the Twilight Zone that was very famously spoofed in The Simpsons with the little gremlin on the side of the school bus. Like just almost like we're only only <laughs> oh, Odie yeah. Nagalo can see Troy Troy Deeney on the wing outside the plane. Yeah. I mean, it is worth remembering that it, it didn't happen because Troy Deeney refused to get on the flight <laughs> and hired a car, presumably to drive himself home really angrily. He probably got back quicker than the plane, to be honest. Yeah, he's he probably going about two hundred mile an hour. I mean, I suppose I sort of give Deeney an ounce of credit there because he realised he needed to take himself away from the situation. I understand the fact that he needed to take himself away from the situation is quite troubling, but at least he showed a bit of discipline ultimately, if you see what I mean. So I'm giving him credit. If 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 if, if Agala was more disciplined with his football, then that wouldn't have happened and they would have scored. But there we are. <laughs> Team Deeney. I'd like to talk about an international story, if I may. And this is this is quite sad, really. It's big Mick McCarthy. He's left his job as Ireland manager with uh, Stephen Kenny taking over with immediate effect. I love that when it says with immediate effect. Does that mean 
I, do, I don't know. All the tactics are out the window, and, uh, and, and <laughs> in charge. but but yeah. this is of course Kenny was meant to start on the thirty first of July after the Euros because mm. McCarthy was was obviously Ireland needed to go through a playoff. They've they've got the playoff semi final against um, Slovakia, I think it is, uh, and that was meant to be happening around now, I think, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, and hopefully McCarthy wanted to obviously get through and and take Ireland into the European Championships, which would have been wonderful for, for us, especially because of the content. Um, mm. But unfortunately, um, because of what's happening, McCarthy's left because Kenny's now coming in because it'll give him more time because McCarthy's not going to be around uh, for next summer and so on and so forth. So we've lost Big Mick. And yeah. that's, that's, that's a shame. We might get him on Cocoms. There's nothing that nobody livens a game like, like Big Mick. Like. <laughs> I know, Jim, but I don't think you realise what I mean. Like, if he's in the dugout, he's not on Cocoms. That's where we, uh, yeah. we, we want to be able to see him. We don't want to be able to hear him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, audio Xanax. It's happened to um, <laughs> it's happened to the um, it's happened to the uh, Danish coach as well. I think mm. he's out of contact yeah, yeah. as well. But you're speaking right. of Mick, Big Mick on the old Cocoms, do you remember? I think we might have covered it at the time. But for those listening, who haven't been listening for for an awful long long time. Um, he was co commentating the game. I think it was Ireland against Lithuania. I want to say, and um, the first minute of the game. Mm. Um, Ireland put the ball down the line and it goes to the uh, the Lithuanian left back. I mean, I can't remember his name, but um, McCarthy had just decided that his name was too hard to mm. pronounce, despite <laughs> the fact that he would have been right. given some kind of preparation pack and um, any any help he wanted from the producers. Well, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm just going to call him left back. And yeah. called him left back for the whole game. Wow. So, I mean, that is a dereliction of duty uh, in quite a severe yeah. way, isn't it? I think it's a half dereliction because at least you do know who he's talking about. At least he got the position right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but what, what's, what's a full dereliction of duty by that standard then, Marcus? What if he didn't cool. open his mouth as he was Just saying not saying it, anything. Right? No, calling him right back. <laughs> Oh, I see. <laughs> Calling the striker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Calling him that blonde bastard. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, at least uh, at least you knew who you were dealing with. Did you guys um, see uh, the Alan Shearer, Sir Alex Ferguson um, thing mm. that he did with Gary Lineker? Yes. And so he talked to Alan Shearer, talked about on. Have you seen it, Jim and Pete? I, I've not I've seen it, no. no. So, so he was, he, Gary Lick interviewed Alan Shearer as this kind of on, on this kind of match of the day um, replacement show, but they're all doing it from their separate homes and all that kind of stuff. And Alan Shearer talked about um, why he didn't. Lineker asked him why he didn't sign for United after um, after Blackburn. He ended up going to Newcastle instead, and he said all the usual stuff you'd expect. But I found it really interesting because um, Sir Alex himself has an altogether different story about mm. Alan's conduct and why he didn't play for United after Southampton. And it may reveal why Sir Alex wasn't quite as enthusiastic about getting him as he was before. Because in his book, he says, uh, I called uh, Alan, uh, and he, uh, his first question was, why haven't you been interested in me before now? Uh, he said, this is still, I'm quite directly from Sir Alex Ferguson's book here. He said, our talk didn't last long. I found him very hard work and surly. That <laughs> sounds like and, him. And I so I said to him, "Would Kenny Dalglish have signed for Blackburn when he was a player?" And and uh, and uh, Alan responded, "I know what he'd have done if United and Blackburn both came in for him." He snapped to me, "I'm not interested in what Kenny would have done. It's about what I want, not Kenny." And hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard that quote before. Yeah. I, t- I tell you what, Kenny would have done. Kenny would have bought John Barnes. He would have bought Ian Rush, and he would have bought um, Stuart, Stuart Pearce. Pearce. Yeah. Got the band back together. Some yeah. band. Um, so, what, what was what was Alan Shearer's take on the story? He said that Ferguson never called him back, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, mm. yeah. He, 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 I think it basically was along the lines. I mean, I'd have to pull the video up again. I saw it the other day, but he he he's something along the lines of how he wanted to play for Keegan and he wanted to play for Newcastle, basically, which is absolutely fine. But it just interested me about the story. It just reminded me of the story about Sir Alex, basically Ferguson trying to get him at United. And what's essentially happened there is because under Blackburn, it was, it was um, under the Jack Walker era and he just had a load of money chucked at him from Blackburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he just started to be a dickhead about it. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I tell you what though, the, the um, match of the day top tens that they've been doing in Gary Lineker's kitchen with Lineker, Ian Wright and obviously Alan Shearer. And Ian Wright said to Alan Shearer about Blackburn, 
he said something along the lines of, oh, well, of course, Blackburn were doing back then what Manchester City are doing now, you know, just chucking money and blah, blah, blah. And Shearer didn't like it. You could see no. that Shearer got it. Really. <laughs> like, well, look, don't get me wrong. I understand Blackburn is a far smaller place than than Manchester City. And back in those days, you know, money went perhaps a little bit further and so on. But, I mean, it, it was the case. That, yeah, uh, that, 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 that's what happened. Taking nothing away from the achievement, of course, because it was a hell of an achievement. It wasn't quite the sort of like, you know, uh, like kind of mega rich, you know, oil funded owners, was it? But as you say, Marcus, it was it was fundamentally the same thing. I'm fairly certain that Newcastle, he he had a, um, a thing in his contract that said he would be the highest bid footballer. And he had that right throughout his career at Newcastle. So he won't mm. be shot of a few bob. Right. <laughs> so basically, Shearer said that he was so impressed with Keegan's offer and um, he saw them both on the same day, Keegan and Ferguson, and he saw Keegan first. And Alex Fer- so Alex Ferguson's first question was, am I seeing you first or second? And when Shearer said second, he said, well, I've got no chance and have I? Uh, and then um, Shearer made a demand about always taking penalties, which Alex Ferguson didn't immediately um, agree to. <laughs> it's so one of those stories where you think wow. he think he's telling that story because he thinks it makes him sound cool, but it doesn't actually make him sound <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I've done a few of them. All Alan Shearer needs to say, which is how I understood it, is he said, you know, Manchester United, they really wanted me. I was flattered by their interest, but uh, I wanted to play for my hometown club. That's what I wanted to do because that's how I Easy. always understood it. That's how it was said, yeah. I think, back then. But yeah. obviously, the details come out a little bit later when all's done and dusted. But I think ultimately that was probably it. And you can't blame Shearer. I mean, you know, he had he would he, he loved playing for Newcastle. He'd already won the league. Not that that makes you less ambitious or anything. So he did he did win something in his his career. But uh, but I think also as well at Newcastle. You know, as you say, he would have taken all the penalties. He would have been, he would have been the king until Pardew came along. Obviously, different times. And uh, Manchester United, he would have been a very good player among other very good players. I mean, Marcus also United was so dominant in that era in the Premier League. Anyway, if that's Shearer as well, I mean, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which United, Luke? Specify. <laughs> Sorry, Manchester United. Right, <laughs> Leeds United. Yeah. <laughs> yeah also as well i think if you are the sort of player where you you are going to uh, have a list of demands if you're <laughs> if it's a straight shootout between Sir alex ferguson and kevin keegan <laughs> there's only one of them that's really going to be accommodating them the, perhaps the uh, degree of flexibility that you yourself might like <laughs> well never discount never discount um uh, kevin keegan being a little bit wily a little bit cheeky didn't he tell uh, robert lee that newcastle was closer to london than uh, manchester yeah, but I think he might because he genuinely thought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the blind leading the blind, yeah. With his number seven necklace on. Yeah. <laughs> and a bag full of crockery. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. Let's get cut to the chase. Who's been round Carl Walker's house recently? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one in the centre of London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Carl. I mean, it's, it's, it is really a who's who of, of idiot players coming out and having to apologise. You can basically yeah. tell who are the idiot, the most idiotic players by the ones that are about to come out. We've had Grealish. We've, yeah, had, yeah. we've had Kyle now. Mason Mount got in a little bit of trouble as well, didn't he, early he on? He did. He did. Oh. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what we can... Pete, what can, what can we say and what can't we say about Carl Walker at the moment? Well, shall I write, uh, shall I read out the um, the URL for the story you've linked in the uh, running order? It's yes, uh, www. Well, it's HTTPS. It's a secure HTTP uh, connection. <laughs> That's a weight off my mind. Yeah, do, yeah. www.thesun.co.uk forward slash sport forward slash one one three two nine forward slash Kyle Walker sex party hookers coronavirus lockdown. <laughs> That sums it up. That's all you need. You don't need to read anything else. That's all you need. That's that's all we need, guys. Move on. (laughs) Move on. Yeah. And that way we don't have to click on the link. No, exactly. And and it's the sort of story that sounds like a South American footballer has done it, and it's not a problem. Oh, but when a a British player does it, big trouble. Big (laughs) trouble. Big trouble. With little Kyle. Um, I, uh, Luke, how would you rate Carl uh, Walker's apology compared to Jack Grealish's apology? Well, uh, I don't know why 
they can't. I understand. There's, well, this is a completely other story, but I understand why technically there's supposed to be social distancing going on. And I understand Carl didn't do any of that during this. But if his agent or his publicist or the, someone from the club is saying you need to apologise now, it happened with the Grudish one, and mm. it's happened with the Walker one. What they actually need to do is they need to write something on a piece of paper in big font. Mm-hmm. They need to hold it up to the fucking screen and yeah. they need to say, just please read that. And we're going to do this <laughs> over and over again until you get it right. And none of us are going anywhere. There's nothing else to do. So get it right. Because Carl's wasn't as bad as Jack's, but Jack Grish's apology was absolutely appalling. Mm. It was <laughs> it was so bad that it had like, I think it had, like a, it had a couple of mixed metaphors in it. Love How have I let that get out? At Love one point that. he said, hopefully we can all move beyond this after this all boils over. <laughs> what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. What are you talking about, Jack? He's still pissed, yeah. mate. He was in his kitchen, wasn't he? Maybe he had something on the hob. Exactly. Focus on it. Do your job properly. Focus on it. Turn, turn the spaghetti off. Turn the spaghetti off. Just read what I've written. That's what I'd be saying. That's what I say to Pete when he has to do it. It'll all just be water under a duck's back, okay? That's what it is. Exactly. At the end of the day, if he's not careful, it's going to turn around and shoot him in the foot. <laughs> Stab him in the foot. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, uh, before we go for a break, uh, have you seen uh, Aberdeen boss Derek McInnes thinks it's common sense to give Celtic the title? Ex-Rangers player. Celtic. Right <laughs> Just break right there. I, 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 I admire the, the, the campaign trail that Neil Lennon and Celtic are going on because they are getting former Rangers players now to come out and say that they should be given the title. <laughs> Is that what it's like? They're like? It's like when you have to want to become president of the United States. They're kissing babies. They're doing rallies. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Cozying up to Walter Smith. Come on, Walter. You'll get us over the line. Um, that kind of thing. So, my giddy aunt. Maybe they've had a chat with Ali McCoist. More on him later. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yeah. Let's go for a break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Luke Moore, give us a Patreon update, would you, Old Sport? Oh, so much great stuff happening on the Patreon. In fact, our pal and colleague Charlie posted a thread on um, on Twitter detailing exactly what we've been up to for Patreon subscribers this week. There's been um, some great stuff has been Ramble on. There's been really good highlight stuff from our, um, our Discord server, which, of course, you can get access to if you're a patron. There's a mailbag episode with you and Andy, isn't there, Marcus? Oh, um, I did a interview, exclusive patron interview with Ben Turner, one of the creators of Sunderland Till I Die, which is fascinating stuff, if I don't mind, if, even if I do say so myself. Um so there'll be more exclusive content in the weeks to come and you would really be helping us out if you support us on Patreon 
by um, yeah signing up for whatever you can afford. It's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. If you don't sign up, you're still going to get six shows a week for free. We're still doing those, um, but there's lots of extra content on there as well. And you can go away with a warm feeling in your soul that you are supporting us through these uh, difficult and uncertain times. So that's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. Thank you very much in advance. And thank you very much to everyone who's already signed up. We really appreciate it. We bloody love yous. All right. It's now time for emails with PED. You email It is time for emails with PED. That's me. Uh, got an email from Eric from NYC. Dear Ramble, uh, what do you think about cancelling uh, the 2020-2021 uh, UEFA Champions League and all European leagues? This would take all the pressure off European leagues to finish the season by early August. The Premier League and the other leagues can finish the 2019-20 season uh, when they can with f- full stadiums and let the players play out what would be the rest of the uh, 2021 season with international competitive and friendly uh, games. Eric, I originally read your email when I thought you were just suggesting that they cancelled the UEFA Champions League. And I thought, out of all of the suggestions that uh, have been brought forward by uh, a million different uh, bodies, international and uh, European, uh, I thought that was the one thing that would never happen. But I've just realised, Eric, you're actually suggesting cancelling all of European football mm. uh, for next year. So I think that's e- that's even uh, less likely to happen. What do you guys reckon? Eric is a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I was going to say, when I heard the Champions League bit, I thought he was a Man City fan. yes exactly does that count as one of those yeah I mean to be fair though we don't know when it's going to restart they might have to do that might only be time to finish this season let alone start the next one hope not hope not not indeed hope not uh, Lewis Hyatt hello Lewis uh, just pointing out that um, uh, Pedro Mendes is a real silver fox at the moment if you want to check out uh, Pompey <laughs> at Pompey on Twitter there's a picture of him doing a little uh, a little in room interview Uh, he's looking uh, yeah he's looking pretty good this Tom a new Pepper section? Sexy older men. Yeah, yeah, I, so, yeah. I was watching a, a video clip of uh, Bobby Baggio um, knocking them in in a uh, in a little friendly match recently, oh. and uh, he's he's not even lost a step when it comes to handsomeness as uh, Bobby Baggio. No, he's bloody a love that guy. God among um, men, <clears throat> Bobby Baggio. Isn't he? Um, hello to uh, Rudy, Rudy Atal, uh, Chris Yannis. Keep to keep the spot going. Uh, current uncertainty where the sporting leagues will resume. I figure I'd get in touch to tell you about the plan that the rugby league competition in Australia, the NRL, have made put, have pushed forward in the face of coronavirus. They're going to be or thinking about they're going to be shipping the players to an island off the coast of southern Queensland to live in quarantine and then get ferried back to the mainland to play games of rugby league in empty stadiums. Uh, so he says, huh. looking forward to all the Premier Leagues uh, being moved to the Isle of Wight for the resumption yeah. of the league. They'll have oh, stadiums in the Isle of Wight, won't they? I've, I've spent I- a little bit of time there. I don't think they have actually got no, anything so. like that. But no. there was a time, I'm not sure if it's still the case, uh, perhaps um, those more learned deny out there can, can confirm or deny, but there was a time when you could technically fit every single human being on the world, in the world, shoulder to shoulder on yes. the Isle of Wight. Ooh, that's oh, nice. that's nice. Don't there do that under coronavirus. I mean, be... bloody, don't do that. <laughs> the, the Cross Island train on the Isle of Wight is a little uh, little old tube train. It's brilliant. Um, oh, nice. But so, it, I mean, Luke, you are of an island race, as we know. Uh, Fratton Park, is, is is it on an island? Could we complete the whole season there? It is, yeah. It's on, I mean, it's on Portsea Island. Um, but Portsea Island is, I mean, put it, let me put it in perspective, Jim. I am, uh, I'm a proud islander. But uh, you can only be so proud when you only realise that was the case when you got to about 21. (laughs) Because it's linked by quite a lot of motorways. Right. We're all islanders technically on the island of Britain. Exactly. Exactly. Let's get together. Why can't we just play all the games on Britain? You know, that's all we need. (laughs) So, yeah. Um. Uh, Jenny, Jenny Silver, friend of the show for a long time. Uh, thank you very much for getting in touch. Jenny, hello, gang. Apologies for being a week behind on the rambles, working at home with a six-year-old, an 18-month-old, and a Liverpool fan husband who is furious that they might not win the league, <laughs> is intense to say the least. Uh, anyway, I was working at the New- mighty Newcastle United when uh, the film Goal was shot. Ooh. I was in my I was in my last year at university. I worked as a waitress in the boxes on match days. It was a great job because I got to watch most of the games for free at a time when Newcastle were in the uh, Champions League, when Sir Bobby was in charge, and the horrors of Ashley were far, far away. Oh, also around yeah. that time, uh, there were big rumours and tabloid stories about a player on multiple uh, being involved in sexual naughtiness. Uh, <laughs> nothing ever changes there, does it? Nothing ever changes. <laughs> as a result... 
As a result, there were big uh, concerns about players or a player being named in chance during televised games. I can't remember who's implicated in it all, uh, but I doubt you'd be allowed to repeat it anyway. Let's just speculate, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've, got a few, I've got a few in my mind. Um, the, uh, the Brian Johnson goal cameo has a further level. His brother Ooh. was one of the NUFC chefs at that time, and he was ah. lovely. So Brian Johnson's uh, may still, uh, his brother may still work for Newcastle United. Uh, my highlight of working there was catching a glimpse of Sir Bobby and occasionally a very thin blonde era, uh, blonde hair era uh, Gaza, and seeing a fellow waitress drop an entire tray of drinks as she swooned when Alan Shearer uh, walked past. Uh, the boxes I worked in though were a mixed bag. The first was for gala bingo competition win- winners who were a nightmare. Uh, we had to reduce a drinks restriction after someone drank a whole bottle of Baileys and started shouting at the away fans. Uh, the other was <laughs> a CF, uh, the other was a uh, CEF electrical factor- factory who uh, used to always have a premium buffet, thus attracting club ambassador Peter Beardsley, who loved a snack. <laughs> Just like the idea. <laughs> but none of that foreign muck. Sausage rolls no. only, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the boxes were right uh, next to the car park entrance. One day, the always injured Jonathan Woodgate came wandering in late, so Bobby Robinson would let the injured players arrive a bit later and miss the team meal. He arrived uh, in a particularly jolly mood that day, followed by Steve Harper with a face like thunder. All right, lads, said the security chap on the door. A giggling Woodgate told him Steve had been getting some shit from, group, from a group of kids in the car park who had been shouting, Shay given at him. Poor Steve. very very enjoyable one of the long forgotten things great things about football of that era was just how much Steve Harper looked like Shea Given yeah yeah he did. It they were very crazy. similar physically, weren't they? Yeah. 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 He was yeah. basically a spare parts, wasn't he? Just put into an, another man. He was like a, a goalkeeping scrapyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really was. Um, if you'd like to get us to the show, as always, it's show at footballrumbledaily.com and we thank you for interactions. Indeed, we do. And now it's time for Pete's Film Club. Pete's Film Club. It's time for Pete's Film Club. Guys, did we not have a cracker this week? No, we (laughs) did did not. What? You said you liked it before we started going. I uh, didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. You didn't mind it. It wasn't too bad. Uh, The film in question this week was, of course, uh, A Shot of Glory, a film starring inexplicably Ali McCoist in a sort of lead role. Yeah. Mm. I, I would describe it as a lead role um, as far as you can get <laughs> with not using him that much. Yeah. yeah, He he was the star of the piece, but he did very well, I thought. He was really good. I thought he did okay. I think he, there's an argument that he's... I know he's effectively playing a version of himself, but I think he, he was he's better than Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> An actual actor. Ali McCoist yeah. is a good actor, I would yeah. argue. Yeah, should, we, yeah. should we have a little uh, listen to the film itself before we get cracking with it? Yeah. In the small village of Kilnaki, not much ever changes. You should try this new invention, Gordon, called a car. But now... It is, of course, the recent signing by Kilnaki of Jackie McQuillan. Scotland's most notorious star soccer player... But it's McQuillan! Oh, unbelievable! has been chosen to boost the town's struggling team. This guy's going to give us the punch we need, Gordon, to make a run the cup. Don't you want to win a cup? Teams win the cup, Peter. Not prima donnas reminiscing their past glories. He's brought in enough pain to you. He's little Jackie's father. I thought he was out of my life forever. For God's sake, Dad, you don't have to be stupid. It was me who had his daughter stolen from him. Katie! The truth is that Jackie and Dad are actually more alike than they are different. Great go, Jackie! You say you want to get back together. You can't even pull yourself together. It will go only as far as our hearts and our lungs will carry us. It was all a little bit strange. Robert Duvall's yes. uh, Scottish accent, up and down, I'd say. I'd like to, I'd like to pick that, that up. Um... Robert Duvall, so the, I think the reason why this film came about is Robert Duvall loves football and he's a Celtic fan. I be, Well, if that's not clear, he makes Ali McCoy the Celtic legend in the film. Then, yeah, you know, that's <laughs> which is hilarious. Indeed. I think he got the idea for the film or, or, or inspiration or there was some inspiration when he went to watch the League Cup, Scottish League Cup final between Celtic and Wraith Rovers, I think it was, and Wraith got a late equaliser and then won on penalties. And so he right. thought to himself, you know, I, I quite fancy this. 
Um, and he's basically the the lead role, isn't it? I mean, it's probably his character that speaks the most in it. And mm. Michael Keaton's the the owner of Kilnocky, this this very small second division Scottish side. And of course, he's got his American accent. But Deval thinks, no, I, I can get involved with with the old with the old <laughs> Scots English, and uh, and and his accent. It's it's a bit like like you can see what he's trying to do. <laughs> but yeah, it's so. It, and, and also, when Deval's talking, when he's sort of like, right, I, I've, I, I, I do, I do, I don't like losing, you know. Like yeah. It's sort of, it's a bit yeah. groundskeeper willy at times. But you can, yes. <laughs> whenever he speaks in the film, he, you can tell that he's also listening to himself speaking, <laughs> and he, and he sort of stutters. He doesn't flow, and it's like he's going while he's speaking in his brain. He's going, I think I'm getting this. Yeah, that was okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, and the other person's waiting for him to finish and going, right, it's my line now. It's so disjointed when he speaks. Yeah, it's very disjointed is right. I had the accent down in my notes as part groundskeeper Willie, part Bernie Sanders. <laughs> like, yeah. when, he get, when he gets really angry, yeah. so I completely agree with what Marcus is saying. Like You can see his, the process of when he's doing it. And you know, people would say that you know, Lawrence Olivier could speak Shakespearean lines like he had just thought of them. He was so mm. natural. Mm. I mean, this mm. isn't that. <laughs> this, this, is, this is like the opposite on the spectrum to that. And he's a good actor. Of course he is. He's, 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 he's a fantastic actor. But the yeah. key thing, Marcus, that I think I would go a bit further than you and just say that when he's in the comfort zone, when he's in his lane where he's He's just doing straight dialogue and there's not much going on. He can do it. But if he has to display any kind of emotion, which I would maintain for an actor is key, it's it's very difficult. And, and And speaking of that, on the Ali McCoist um, point, he's not he's not bad. He looks great, and he oh, yeah. and he plays the part really well because obviously he is a footballer, and it's a really interesting flip on let's make an authentic football film and try and find an actor who can play football. Mm. Whereas obviously what I've done is the opposite to that. But if you watch Ali, who I love dearly, he's a great guy. If you if you if you watch him in this film, when he's not speaking, he just stands there like a robot that's been turned off. And it's yeah. really off putting when you realise that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, every, everyone thinks they can act. I think Ali McCoy has done an excellent job in this film. I, mm. I, what I enjoyed about the actual, um, uh, the archive footage of him playing football a little bit earlier on in, in, in the film is, uh, is they've clearly managed they to... They've colourised his shirts, right? They've yeah. colourised the shirts from blue, the Rangers blue. You know mm-hmm. that like granddad collar, well, kind of circular collar they had um, when the Rangers badge was in the centre of the chest? They might have said McEwen's, they might have had a McEwen's Lager logo, I think, maybe when he was playing. Um they managed to sort of digitally remove the mm. the advertising and colour it uh, green instead of blue. It's a really interesting little process because you can still kind of see the logo underneath. I was really surprised that they had done watching. that because I thought mm. that would be absolute sacrilege how they'd ever get away with yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why Rangers would be up for. I mean, I, I mean, I suppose. Maybe it's a kind of situation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the SPL would, wouldn't they? So obviously they, they sold it. But apparently, um, un, under the IMDb, uh, uh, it's interesting on, on the, in the IMDb for this uh, particular film. Um, Henrik Larsson has a has a IMDb because of this film, uh, an IMDb record uh, because he appears uh, as a picture on a wall. And also, um, and also, of course, Owen Coyle, which was uh, yeah, taking a lot of the corners in the film. Yeah, I was going to say, Marcus, what about Big Owen Coyle in there? That was nice. Mm. That was nice. Yeah, he. I, I, there was a few other ex players, of course, uh, uh, Maxwell in goal for Rangers um, mm. was was there. I think um, oh, the forward is it Andy Smith who played for Kilnocky, the the made up side for the film. I think he was mm. a player. I don't personally remember him. But, it, but he was in there. Did anyone here feel like they were emotionally prepared enough for an Ali McCoy sex scene? <laughs> no. And again, he, he acted minutes that in. fairly well, <laughs> didn't he? I think he's got some experience in that area, Jim, to be fair to him. It was a bit playing for keeps, actually. I did I did sort of have a, a shudder of, oh dear, we're, we're back there, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he's, well he's, he's driving a sports car and everyone yeah. wants to have sex with him. It's the Ali McCoy story that he lives. Uh, <laughs> and he's trying to get back with his ex-wife or whatever. Yeah, he's trying to get back with his ex-wife and he's having what is effectively extramarital sex 20 minutes in. So it's like, I'm not feeling for this character. Yeah, that was the only yeah. occasion, though. Compared to Butler, he wasn't as bad. Why yeah. was the, why was the first training session uh, set in a grain silo? <laughs> yeah, I wondered that. 
It's absolutely <laughs> baffling for seemingly no, like a sort of aircraft hangar full of grain. Um, <laughs> like, like, I have to say, like, I know, Luke, you've already said that you didn't mind this. I have to say, I think this is the worst movie we've seen in Pete's film club so far. Oh, really? Oh, say, right. Go as far as to say it's the, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I genuinely think it was absolutely awful. You preferred playing for keeps? Absolutely preferred playing Shit for keeps. Shit, yeah. I mean, this movie, it's like it was written and directed by an alien. Nobody in it seems to know how to behave like a real person. There's a point where there's a there's a compilation uh, of, of of Ali McCoy scoring goals for uh, for um, you know Celtic in air quotes. Um, and there's a song over the top that just repeats the line "He's the man" over and over again. And there are people clapping the highlights in a pub as if the goals are going in live, which you know, nobody would ever do. Like, just who is it for? And there's a point where Michael Keaton's in it as well, pre Renaissance Michael Keaton as well, like yeah. pre Birdman and the founder and Spotlight and all that, like when he was really in the wilderness. And there's a point where he they clearly didn't have him on the day, so they've just CGI'd him into the director's box. And it just looks oh, yeah. really, really bizarre. <laughs> no, wait, can I just say, on the on the Michael Keaton thing, I've got a couple of points on that. One, where Michael Keaton shows Robert Duvall the internet for the first time, that is an iconic <laughs> scene. Oh, like, yeah. That is amazing. And secondly, if there are awards being dished out for this movie, they have to be given to Michael Keaton's eyebrows that look yes, absolutely yes. insane. Definitely, they look like yeah, massive, yeah. like Renaissance era arches over his mm. eyes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and then another highlight for me was when they had an open top bus parade for reaching the final. Don't tell people what happened, Jim. Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm more, I'm saving people, to be honest, I think, from, from <laughs> themselves, really, in this. Um, but yeah, also, um, Brian Cox is in it. There's some good actors right. in it as well. And Brian Cox is, even he's really bad in it. His Scottish accent's terrible. And, and he is Scottish. <laughs> like, I disagree with you there. I think, I think Brian Cox was actually, because he's essentially playing Walter Smith. Really? Yes. Yeah. His surname is even Smith, isn't it? Yeah, they didn't even change the surname. I think it was Martin Smith. Can I, um, can I defend it just briefly? Because Jim's eviscerated yeah, I think, it there. I think, you need to. I think you need to. Yeah, so, I mean, I feared the worst. And I feared the worst when Pete suggested it. I feared the worst even more when I saw that Mark Knopfler had done the soundtrack, which <laughs> I didn't actually mind. I thought it was a very nice, sensitively yeah. done soundtrack. It kind of added to it a bit. And And I also think that, the reason I didn't mind it is because it clearly had a good amount of heart and it was, it, it, mm. it meant that it was, it was, it felt to me, the reason it goes above playing for keeps for me is it, it felt like it was being made for the right reasons. And Marcus summed it up at the top uh, by saying that, you know, Robert DeVal is a huge football fan and it had a decent amount of heart to it. I thought it was, yeah. I thought its intentions were honest, whereas playing for keeps was just cynical bullshit. And, and finally we have to talk <laughs> about Andy Gray, who is the first voice you hear in it and oh. features throughout the film. He does. That is a shame. That is a shame, yeah. <laughs> Andy Gray, though, he sounds very... <clears throat> you can hear he's reading lines, which is, yes. which is a shame. He, he's, he's very wooden. But uh, a few points from me. Um, firstly, I did really enjoy Robert DeVal's uh, character's shithousery, where he... Well, I don't know if you call it shithousery, sort of being a bit cheeky when they're because obviously they're a lower league side and they're progressing through the cup when he would stand by the home or, or he would stand by the uh the opposition team's bus and as all the players are getting off the coach he would just be like oh how, how you doing like how, how you do, do you lads it's only us you're playing it doesn't really matter you know he's That's actually like a that. good impression of him <laughs> it's quite difficult at times i couldn't understand him it was that bad yeah and so he's, so I did quite enjoy that. But then the team talk he gives at halftime during one of the games where the goalkeeper's made a bit of an error is very strange because he, he comes in, he chucks the water bottles across the <laughs> yeah. room. Um, the goalkeeper says, um, I can't remember the line he, he said. I'm sorry, Gaffer, I should have kept my legs closed. I should have kept my legs closed. And he says, oh, I wish your mother had kept her legs closed, right? Which yeah. is particularly harsh. And then he harsh. kind of like jokes and makes light of it all. And and then they go out. It's very strange indeed. Um, Brian Cox's character, um, Martin Smith or whatever, or Walter Smith, whatever his name is, t- says a horrendous derogatory slur to Irish people at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that was in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's like Bradley Cooper's wankers all over again. Uh-huh. Um, Gerard Butler, yeah. yeah sorry, Bradley Cooper, they're the same, they're the same thing, aren't they, basically? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, oh, I forgot what the other point was. Oh, no, the other point was actually, to give the film a bit of credit, was I thought the football scenes were really good. Yeah, they were they, decent. The standard of football was realistic because it looked terrible. Yeah. 
Well, they used, they used, they used um, players from Wraith Rovers in the main, apparently. Right. Then I'll refer you to Jim's point. <laughs> can I can I also say that the, the standout line from it was at the very end the commentary which is being provided by Andy Gray when they when Ali McCoy's character Jackie McQuillan scores uh, the last minute equaliser to take it to penalties. Um, the, the, no, it's not. I'm not going to tell people what happens after that. Um, the commentary that Andy Gray delivers is you can a script it. It would have to be him, and it would have to be the last minute. And I was sitting there thinking, well, you have fucking scripted it. It's a film. You literally have scripted it. So it takes a certain amount of arrogance yeah. from Andy Gray. Typically, yeah, uh-huh. presumably wrote the, wrote, the, wrote the lines for the commentary where you, you're scripting something for a film, and then you open by saying you couldn't script this. Yeah, well, that's yeah. such a daft commentary line. You you couldn't script it, and, and as somebody, a, a number of people have always pointed out over the years, the former player going back to his team where he's now hated, getting a last minute winner is exactly what you would bloody script. Mm. Exactly, <laughs> and they have done, and they have. Yeah. No, exactly. Anyway, good riddance to it. <laughs> I like the fact that apparently um, whenever um, Ali McCoist was asked to put a, a, a real a Celtic shirt on when they hadn't colourised old footage, um, he apparently wore a Rangers shirt underneath. He did say that, oh. yeah. I did find it very <sighs> odd that he's this Celtic legend. Like, he, It's a yeah. bit like it would be watching a film um, where Ian Wright, for example, was the main character of, you know, probably a few years ago, and he was playing for Spurs. It would just be yeah. like, Yeah, but what? I think they've done that because they, they, I imagine they've probably done that because I think if they didn't, they think that half of um, football fans in Scotland wouldn't watch it. Yeah, maybe. Mm. It's a market employee, isn't it? Uh, if you want to see Ali McCoy in the Celtic shirt, watch this film. Yeah, but I don't. But it, it, it's only really it's because Deval thinks it's healthy. But I, 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 well, you've made up Kilnocky, so just make up a bigger side who you can allude to is. Yeah, that's true. Like that. mm. Just have not that. thought a lot of this through, Marcus. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Although I would say that overhead kick um, that uh, Ali McCoy scores is an absolute peach. That's a beauty. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think Marcus is sort of uh, putting a lot of stock in Robert Duval having the pull to create a film and not just, mm. you know, tax breaks mm. in Scotland and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's contributing factors why this film got made. Robert Duval goes, I think I'll do a film about Scotland. <laughs> well, I think you'd be very cynical there, Peter. Yeah, well, or, or correct. <laughs> it's worth pointing out that it's worth pointing out that Robert Duval was actually the producer of this movie as well. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Not the exact producer. No. Well, there we are. That's Pete's Film Club for you, everybody. Pete, mm. what have we got next? What we? I hate asking this question because I... what are we going to watch next? <laughs> well, Marcus, uh, I can tell you it is considerably shorter than all ah. the films that yeah, we've watched. Yeah, thank fuck for that. Uh, a shot of oh. horror was almost two hours long. God. <laughs> Do you want the, uh, the biog, the synopses? Yeah, Please. give us the synopsis first. He's got the world by the tail. Imagine oh, a mutt who can outplay Beckham on the field while turning a team of laughable misfits into lean, mean fighting machines. This pooch has got the international soccer scene by the tail. Soccer dog, European Cup from 2004. Yeah. Oh, and, you, and you would have to put your hands in your pockets because it's £2.49 on Prime. Oh, oh for goodness sake. Yeah, the dogs playing football is a surprisingly well-stocked movie niche, isn't it? There's quite a few of these. Knocking around, it really is, yeah, oh, yeah. Ed Bud, Ed Bud had a had a football career a little bit. I think. Yeah. Have they used the Have they used the Have they used the cliche by the tail twice in the same synopsis? <laughs> yes, they have. That gives that's an example of what's going to be like. <laughs> well, that's one synopsis, and then the one that's in, uh, in 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 on Google says an aging porn star uses the remainder of her wealth to manage a soccer team after a poor start due to the manager's inappropriate dealings. The coach is replaced by the club's mascot, soccer dog. What but aging porn star? What I mean is that should that be in a family comedy? I hey, don't can know. I can I just raise a serious point? I mean, look, I realise the plot on this is probably going to be quite Byzantine. I haven't seen the first Soccer Dog. Is that going to harm me? I don't think it's uh, canonical. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, does it, Peter, did, did Soccer Dog ever play in the Barclays Premier League? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. It's got a cameo from Dennis Paul. Oh, well, here we go. Um, it's a good yeah. place to finish. Yeah. It, re- it, it, it really isn't. Um, are we are we going to have to watch the first soccer dog film? No, I'm not watching the first one. No. So can forget Let's it. not watch the first. Let's just jump in. All right. All right. The okay, soccer cool. dog universe is rich enough. <laughs> Do the people who produced and made Soccer Dog Two, because presumably a lot of our listeners are going to watch along with us, are going to mm. see a huge spike in their downloads. <laughs> <laughs> we can make a third. Yeah. Yeah. Where he retires in China. 
I think there has already been a third, I imagine. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, go and watch it. Thank you very much for listening to uh, the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Andy and Jules are back tomorrow for another fine podcast, of course. Um, mm. But until then, thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thanks. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Good night, soccer dogs. <laughs> thank you, listeners. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.